Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Oh, it is July 9, 2020 on the Mike Abadir Show. I'm the co-host, Gino Bacola, introducing the main man, Mike Abadir. And Mike, I know we have our first guest that has got to be in and out real quick, so let's get to him right away. Why don't you introduce our first guest? we got a great show today. we got Jason Whitlock from Outkick the Coverage, as well as David Behrman from ESPN a little bit later on the show. But let's get right to it, man. Jason, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Jason. Great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. It's a pleasure to have you on with us. Let's get right into some of these uh, hot topics that are out there. But before we do, you know, over the years watching and listening to you, I've noticed that you and I kind of have a lot of similar opinions, especially when it relates to like social issues and how they converge with sports. Um, I suspect that we have some similar political leanings. You know, as blacks and minorities, society kind of wants to push us into this one box fits all when it comes to politics. What kind of pushback do you deal with, whether it be from the black community or others, and kind of how do you handle it when it comes to that type of stuff? Well, one thing I want to be clear, and I try to be clear in my writing, is I don't participate in politics, and I don't have a political identity, and, you know, I, I think I have values that people want to assign to a particular political party, but my values have nothing to do with my politics. They just have to do with my upbringing. I was raised in the church. I was raised as an athlete, a football player, and those are my values. I take them from the church and from playing football and the values that my parents displayed in raising me. And so I, I think over social media, things have been so politicized and people's political identities are first and foremost and prevalent in people's mind and they want to judge everybody else based on that. And so I, I catch some blowback that way because I think people think, oh, well, he's, you know, a conservative political person. He's a Republican. And I'm really not. I'm a Christian. I'm a former athlete. There are certain things that I believe in. Any problem that I have, I believe the solution starts with the man in the mirror and not blaming someone else. And that comes, those, that's what they preach to us in football and in all the athletics I played as a kid. And so, uh, you know, you, you catch some pushback because black people have been defined politically as liberal and as Democrats. And because my beliefs don't seem to align with that, uh, there is some pushback and, oh, my God, you've sold out. And, and actually, no, I haven't. I've actually just stuck to the principles I was raised with as a kid and the principles I learned as an athlete. I've stayed true to my family and my upbringing and the values I believe I have as a Christian. Yeah, I hear that big time, man, because, you know, I'm similar in, in that respect in that, you know, there are, you know, democratic, uh, you know, principles or, or policy that have been pushed that I agree with. There's some Republican stuff that I agree with. But one thing I think that everybody agrees with is that there's no place for racism in this country. So what do you mean when you say 
homeschooled in racism. I know that's a term, perhaps you've coined it, but that's something that you uh, rolled out today in an article relating to Deshaun Jackson and Stephen Jackson. Well, in the piece I, I wrote today, it was about Deshaun and Stephen and where did they, why are they speaking the way that they did? Why did Stephen Jackson uh, defend Deshaun Jackson? And, and Stephen, I think, said at some point that, you know, racism is at an all-time high in America. And, and I disagree with him, but I do believe Teaching racism is at an all-time high in America, and that is a byproduct of America's addiction, the American media's addiction, to social media. And social media has trained all of us, and particularly during this time when people have been in lockdown situations, away from their jobs, working at home, and we're interpreting each other through social media rather than personal interaction. And and we no longer shake hands or hug. You, people are wearing masks. You can't see smiles. And so social media is one of the most polarizing and divisive places on the planet. And when a great number of people start interpreting each other through social media, things are going to get very divisive. And things and these generalizations we're making about people and, and groups of people very divisive and very polarizing. And so I just see Steven Jackson and, and Deshaun Jackson sitting at home like everybody else, looking at the world through their laptop, smartphone, through their social media apps, and being taught that bigotry and racism uh, are things you can do to increase your brand. If you can become, uh, if you can participate in ra racial demagoguery and the demonization of people that will enhance your social media brand, make you more popular, get you likes and retweets. And so the, I just say everybody's getting homeschooled right now in bigotry because we're leaning too far into social media. Jason, I know you don't have a, a ton of time, so I wanted to get a, a couple questions for you. As, as things are starting to get I mean, we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed, trying to get back into the swing of things with the major sports. Which of them do you think has an honest-to-goodness to chance to get through a season, to finish a season? Let's talk, like, college, who's thinking about playing only conference games right now, the NFL, and then we know baseball and basketball, they are hoping to get started within the next few weeks. Basketball with the bubble, baseball playing in a 60-game season where they're not going to be traveling as much of any of them. Do you think they have a legitimate chance to finish the season, and, and if, which of those do you think has the best opportunity? I think it's a great question. I guess I would lean basketball has the best chance in the bubble in Orlando, but I'm not optimistic about anybody finishing anything. I think things are going to start. I think some people are going to come down with COVID and panic, and they're going to eventually have to shut things down. That's what my gut tells me. We don't have the stomach to march through this COVID thing. And, you know, the, the, the nature of our society and culture, because there have been great uh, flu pandemics in America's history and in the world's history before, and we dealt with and accepted the consequences of those. We don't do that anymore. And so and the, the media is so intent on scaring the hell out of everybody 
and convincing everybody that if anybody dies, there's someone to blame. Uh, that I just don't think we'll have the stomach to finish anything. And, and I don't want to sound callous. I know there's probably some people listening who have lost family members to COVID or know someone's been in, impacted by COVID. But, but I am someone that just feels like death is a part of life, and we have survived worse things than what's going on with COVID. And at some point, we're going to have to get to the mindset and the, the realization that, like, COVID's going to be with us. Some people are going to pass away and get sick. We're going to have to keep moving, but we're just not there yet. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, especially with the politicization. I can't even say that word. Polit- uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, Everything's uh, been politicized. <laughs> absolutely. It really has been. And so... You know, is that kind of part of the reason maybe that led to, well, I guess let's just directly address it. Why now, why leave Fox Sports and why OutKick? Is this the best platform for you to be able to get your message out there? I think so. I think so much of corporate media is being pressured by uh, the corporations who sponsor them. And the corporations who sponsor them are being pressured by social media uh, that everybody's opinion has to conform on corporate media. And that's why you hear so much overlap and so little debate on any of these issues that are controversial. Everybody basically is saying Black Lives Matter is the greatest thing in the world, and if you disagree with that, you're a screaming racist. I'm someone who's always been outspoken. I'm always going to speak my truth. And so I wanted to be on a platform where I had an ownership stake, I was the boss, and I could say whatever the hell I wanted to say without fear of my bosses being upset. But but even more than that, I just think if you look around at the media space, at the people that are having success, from Joe Rogan with his podcast to Dave Portnoy at Barstool Sports, to Bill Simmons with The Ringer, the people that have the balls and the courage and the willingness to go out and build their own platforms are having the most financial success and have the greatest reach and ability to impact the conversation. And so OutKick, I've had a relationship with Clay Travis probably for 10 years. We've been pretty good friends the last five years. uh, There's some overlap in how we see things. And so I thought OutKick... Uh, was the perfect platform for me to write. And eventually here in August, I'm going to start podcasting. And we're going to try to make OutKick, you know, the most fearless and unique media outlet in America. And I just thought the timing was right. And if there was ever a time for me to do it, it was right now. Good stuff. I was actually just going to ask you in closing, you know, what can we expect, uh, you know, with OutKick, uh, it, whether it be, you know, in the next 30 days, six months, the, the you know, what does is, what is the future hold for the platform? Well, we, we want to be, uh, we're going to expand, and there will be more than just me and Clay. Uh, we're going to expand slowly and add some additional writers. We're going to build a podcast network. We want to be the one-stop shop for sports fans and really, and maybe even moving beyond just sports fans, for people that want to hear an honest discussion, analysis, a robust debate about the issues impacting America, we think OutKick.com is going to be that place. And so we just hope to get bigger and better 
over the course of the next six months to a year. I love it. Hey, if you're ever looking for an NFL agent to chime in on anything, get a hold of me. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Outkick already. I love Clay Travis. I've always respected you and your opinions and how you deliver it, most importantly. So thank you so much for joining well, us. It's a pleasure to like have you. someone has probably already signed up for the $99 VIP membership, or if not, I'm going to call you <laughs> yeah. a hypocrite. Nice plug. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, hey, thank it, you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Jason. Take care. That is Jason Whitlock of Outkick the Coverage. You know, it's, uh, you know, like he was talking about, Gino, this is kind of the wave of the future, I think, is this, uh, I don't want to say breakup of the conglomerates, but I think you're handcuffed a little bit, whether you're at ESPN or at Fox Sports. I mean, I, I, this this happened to me on a smaller scale. <laughs> Not you know what I mean. This is why sure. one of the reasons why I, I myself personally left the TBG too, um, just because you you just get an opportunity to really do what you want to do, what makes you happy, what the content that you think people want to hear, the content that you think people want to hear from you, it just gives you an opportunity to do so. And and I was able to do so here with you on the Mike Abadir show. And then now with my own show, uh, that's what G said, where I would be, like you said, you're you're told kind of, oh, don't don't say that. That might ruffle a few feathers. It, it even happened to me on such a small scale as, are you sure you don't want to pick that horse, that California Chrome, you know, things like that, where it's like, well, yeah, that's how I gamble. That's how I bet. That's why I, I'm i sort of successful at this is that I'm going to take a contrarian approach some of the time. So, yeah, completely understand. It, nowadays, things are so different than they were just 10, 15, 20 years ago, too, because you can click the button on your phone, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Twitter, and right there you have a platform. Right there you can go live. Instantly, right there, you can tell all your followers what you're thinking, what you're feeling, whether you're someone who works for a company, whether you're LeBron James and your own athlete. So just the ability to to do that now, it, it's awesome because someone like Jason who has um, a different opinion, a very strong opinion, that's going to be – he's just going to have so much more freedom now moving forward than he ever had before. And for someone like him with the way his mind works just a little differently than everybody else, and he's a very, very smart, eloquent person – he, he needs a little more freedom like that just to be able to kind of have an idea and run with it. Well, and we've also seen it from a lot of, a lot of the other kind of strong personality people yeah, he mentioned in the a lot sports of right industry, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Jameel Hill, right? She's an example. Will Kane, he, he's leaving ESPN. Uh, I think he left at the end of June. Uh, those are two, Hill and, and Kane are two on the polar opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of... You mentioned of Simmons too from the beginning Simmons. who was years ago and he kind of... That he's the pod father, you know, he was, but I thought he was kind of, was it really because of his opinions? I know he kind of was bashing the NFL and Goodell. He was, a he bit. was getting into it with Goodell, which is kind of what Jason was saying too. You know, who the, the ESPN, if you're at ESPN, you can't have this vendetta against the, the commissioner of football, you know, where even a lot of the, though, a lot of the things Simmons was saying was true about Goodell. You know, he was just trying to give the other side of it, and but but he he did go a little personal. You know, he did he did kind of go after him a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it, well, the same thing by the way happened with Portnoy, right? A- apparently, he he had bid on some kind of Monday Night Football experience with Goodell. He, he, he won bid it, on it. He won, and, and I they, think uh, Goodell was basically it. like, "Nah, I don't want you here." Yeah, and and Portnoy did it because he knew it was going to be great publicity for. Oh yeah, for them. it would be Absolutely. great publicity, and and he you know he has already had issues with you know, getting kicked out of a Super Bowl and, and things like that. So they, he loves that kind of a like publicity stunt. Um, 
yeah, it's it's just become harder and harder and harder. And what's weird is we're becoming it's weird because it, we're in a, obviously a pandemic right now where there's there's a lot of things being like flung around and then with the protests and everything going on. But prior to this, we were in a time period of society where we've been the most politically correct maybe ever. As far as you know, what you have to say, you can't really mess up with with what you say publicly. A lot of people make one or two mistakes. You can't really joke the way you joked fifteen years ago. If you watch some like stand up comedy from back then, comedians talk about it all the time. Like they they get in trouble just for things that that came up fifteen and twenty years ago that were I don't want to say okay at the time, but but when society was a little bit different. So, do you ever watch uh, King of Queens? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. The next time that you're watching, you know, two, three episodes in a row, you know, they always come on kind of like that. Or, you know, the next few times that you watch it, just listen to how many things, for example, uh, jokes that relate to like homosexuality on there. This wasn't that long ago. And when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, this was just a few years back. The the things that they're saying absolutely cannot be said on a sitcom. It cannot be said by a stand-up comic. It can't be said by anybody today. And I think... That's the interesting thing is most of the time, a lot of those such kind of taboo topics um, were broached by comedians, right? And so it's kind of interesting hearing kind of the, the, the comedic take on it because some are like, hey, we should be able to find material from anything and we should be able to stay away. Others kind of have a different approach, which is, hey, this is comedy. We make fun of ourselves and anybody else. You know, people are very thin skinned. You know, as it relates to this, though, Gino, I mean, I think bringing it back full circle, what you have is an inherent conflict of interest. Okay, we've doled out whatever two point five billion dollars on the, you know, Monday night football package over the next seven years. We are business partners, essentially, with NFL. So. Can we really have honest talk shows on our platform? That's 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 the, the inherent conflict. And then a hundred percent. And that and that even from like a small scale thing is what you know, like when I go out and you know, I'm again, I'm not someone whose shows makes a million dollars or has a million listeners, but when I'm making, you know, going out and looking for people that I want to sponsor my show or companies that I want to work with and do some sort of affiliate sponsorship, I genuinely like do all of the research I can. I look everything up about them. I most of them I know personally that I've developed relationships for years because then it makes it easier for me knowing everything about them, being able to push and sell a company or a product that I like. And I've actually had one company that I worked with that I didn't I found something out about them I didn't really like and then I'm able to drop them myself and move forward and I'm able to be more in the the position of hey I want to work with the companies who I like, who I like what they're pushing versus the other way, the companies that tell you they don't want to work with you because what you're pushing. Again, it's just it gives you a little bit of a a, a chance to just speak honestly. I feel like I don't have to bullshit anybody ever. Well, and you kind of nailed something on the head. And I know we got our first commercial break coming up here, but just real quick in closing, you nailed something on the head, which is. You have to vet who you're doing business with. Now, what it was like before was vetting corporations or vetting them as a business entity. Okay. This such and such business entity is great with the community. They do uh, wonderful things. They got a great product. I want to get in bed with them. But now you have to actually vet the people involved 
with yeah. the entity. And that didn't have to happen. No, you're before. right. So now you got to go into their social media. And God knows how far back you have to go. And I don't even know how to do that. If you type in keywords and and, and you get the the the, manu- the entire you know history from Twitter or something, put in keywords, search, and find out if you've ever said this or ever said that. But, I mean, there were things, once again, that were said 10, 15 years ago that you can't say today. And uh, to me, I think we've gone too far when it comes to, like, going backwards in time and punishing people for things that were maybe acceptable at one point in time. You know, um, I think there's some pretty clear lines that you can't cross in any era. But I think there, the the sensitivity level today is at an all-time high. That's my take on it, Gino. Let's take our first commercial break. That was a good first segment. We'll come back and we'll continue the conversation. And we'll also talk a little point spreads, win totals, etc. A little chalk, ESPN Chalk Talk with David Behrman. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show, segment two coming up. So, Mike, we, we've we spoke the last few weeks now, ever since we've gotten the... Uh, the news that some of these big sports are attempting to get back into the swing of things. So I think actually MLS is even is even trying, but a couple of teams have even starting. A couple of teams have, have pulled out of the bubble. Yeah, there um, were um, there was a game last night. Yep, yeah, they did. Well, you know what? I we were gonna we can get into this conversation a little bit after. We can table it, or we can even talk about it with our next guest because I believe we have our next guest on the line. Why don't you introduce him? Yeah, we got. A repeat guest. Uh, we started off the conversation a couple of weeks ago with David Behrman from ESPN, and we're going to pick up where we left off because now it's a little bit closer. We're inching our way there. We even had MLS games last night, as you just mentioned, Gino. David, good evening. How are you? Welcome back. Hey, David. Good. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me back on. 
doing really well. No, thank you for joining us. So uh, we're, we're here. We're here. We are officially here because I saw a live game last night. Yeah, live sporting event with a team sport because obviously you've seen golf and horse yes. racing and <laughs> yes. all the NASCAR. But yeah, last I, I made it a point to bring that up. Um, I do, nice. I do. Love it. Love it. A team sport last <laughs> night, <laughs> um, and and it went off without a hitch. Obviously, there's no fans, and we don't know about the testing till later. They actually had all the teams out there for for the the Black Lives Matter early on in the event, and it's good to see live events. And I know there was some disturbing news today and yesterday out of the college football world that the Ivy League canceled their their games and the Big Ten's going to conference only, and you're going to see more of that in the next 10 days because we're in in mid-July. Like, there's going to have to be decisions made on college football and NFL, and basketball is that they're entering the bubble as we speak. Uh, baseball says they're coming back. So we're here. I'm not sure what the end result's going to be, but I'm glad that at least we have baseball on the horizon, basketball on the horizon, and hopefully we'll get our ducks in a row for football at some point. Yeah, so David, we're actually is- just – oh, I'm sorry. I was just, no. just going to say we, we were actually just talking about that with uh, Jason Whitlock in the last segment, and, you know, and he was kind of of the opinion that it really all depends on – if there's an outbreak within the sport or whatnot. And it seems like it's really hitting MLS quite a bit. Uh, you know, as Gina was mentioning at the top of this segment, you know, we've already had multiple teams drop out. You know, you really can't have teams drop out, though, in, in baseball or football or, or, or some of the other major sports, because I think this is more of a tournament action, I believe. But you what are your think, thoughts about you that? Thank you. You think you can't, but if 2020 has taught us anything, it's to expect the unexpected. And it would not in the slightest surprise me if you get to the baseball season and all of a sudden it's, I'm just making this up, hey, the Diamondbacks can't feel the team, we're out. Like, you know, maybe it's a day, maybe it's a, you know, it's a one game or a weekend or a three-game series or an entire week. But I think that every commissioner in baseball, football, college football, I, I think they all – have to be in the flexible, flexible, adapt to something we've never seen before. Like the Big Ten is playing conference only games. The other conferences might follow suit. Like Ivy League is not playing. And if anybody thinks that just because the Big Ten says, hey, we're going conference game only, that they're going to have all 14 play teams play their full schedule, they're, 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 they're kidding themselves because you have absolutely no idea. And maybe because it was a tournament. And it's the MLS, which is seen as a little bit of a lesser sport of, of all of them, that no one really paid attention to the fact that an entire team dropped out of the tournament. Like, two teams are out. That that could very well happen. And it would not surprise me if you find out that the New Jersey Nets just can't feel the team. Um, I think there's an asterisk on every single one of these champions for this year. I mean, it's a 60-game baseball season. It's... It's going to be an eight-game NBA season to a playoff that you have absolutely no idea what's going to happen. And Lord knows what we're going to get with college football. So you just have to take it with what it is and be happy that there is going to be games. But it would not surprise me if an entire team says, we can't, we can't play for the next two weeks. And I don't know if it's a forfeit or you remake up the games later. And I think in the Big Ten scenario, from what I read, they're doing it for flexibility, where you now have a 15-week college football season, but you only have nine games on the schedule that you can move stuff around if Rutgers can't feel the team week four. You move that game to Ohio State, you move it to week 11 because there's a bye week there and there's more flexibility. 
So this is a question I asked our first guest, Jason uh, Whitlock, earlier. Which of these, let's let's say football, college football, pro football, and we have the NBA going back in the bubble, and then baseball with their shortened 60-game season. Which of these handicap the leagues? Who's got the best shot to make it through, to finish up? Who do you think has the best opportunity to get through a season? If I was going to handicap it on purely no inside information or anything at all from what I know or don't know at work, I would handicap it as I think the NFL would be the best chance to make it through only because they're the NFL and they (laughs) seem to not be like they still had their draft and they're still having this. And I think the NFL is too much money at stake for them not to play and that they'll find a way. Um, I would put the NBA next because they have figured out the bubble thing and they're going to be in the bubble and not everybody might survive the bubble in, in, in terms of being able to play. But I think because they're in a bubble, they will figure out a way to get it all done. Um, college football and baseball, it's tough. Like, there's a lot of money at stake in college football with the, the schools and the conferences. I, I just, I don't see, I don't have it as very, very good odds that, we, that, that it's the way we want it to be because you're already seeing things drop and you have the student bodies to worry about. Like, if the student bodies are coming back to campus and you have a whole bunch of 18, 19, and 20-year-old kids how do you social distance? How do you keep the football yeah. players away from the parties? And, it, and there's no bubble there. Not only is there no bubble, but there, there's, there's really nothing there. To, I mean, these are kids. They're 19 and 20-year-old kids that you're telling to not go party, to not go out, to go, you know, stay in a manufactured bubble. And that's and once some of these teams start losing half their teams, as you're seeing now with Clemson and Ohio State, I think they play. I just don't think you know, in Ohio, uh, the Big Ten started it with the conference slate, and other conferences might follow up. I just don't think you're going to get anything resembling what we expect out of a season. You might, you might see everybody play six or seven games and figure it out in January. As for baseball, I think they get through, but I think baseball is going to have the most amount of problems because they're not in any semblance of a bubble. You're having three-game series onto the next city, three-game series onto the next city and next city. And baseball will have more travel than any of the other leagues. NBA's in one city. The NFL has at most eight trips per team. If they play a full season, you're talking about eight road trips. It's once, you know, two or three days a week and you're back home. Baseball is every day on the road half the time. That is a hard thing to manage. And... You're talking about players that have fully guaranteed contracts, unlike the NFL, where if an NFL player does something he shouldn't do, he can get cut and not get his money. That gives you a little bit more incentive to stay in place and not screw up. Baseball players are fully guaranteed contracts, and I'm not saying they don't care, but what what are the penalties for keeping them from doing what they do when they're on the road, going out, going to bars, having fun on the road? I think you're going to have a lot more, whether it's positive tests, or starting lineups that don't look the same or pitchers getting scratched, then you're going to have, once the NBA gets in their bubble and they get playing, it should be okay in theory. Might have a couple of things here or there. I think the NFL will attempt some sort of bubble mentality because, again, you're only talking about 16 games, eight road trips. You're not talking about being 60 games on the road. And I have absolutely no idea how college football is going to get it done. But we're all hopeful. Let's assume for a minute that everything is going to go as planned. 
that we're going to have sure, our seasons, there. and we could talk some wagering now. Let's because it's it's close <laughs> enough. We're close to opening days for a lot of different sports. So let's start with the NFL. Out of all the divisions, majority of them have a heavy favorite that's below even money to win their division. I believe the heaviest favorite is uh, the Kansas City Chiefs at minus three fifty. So most of them have a you know odds on even money or below. Uh, type payoff favorite wise two of the divisions that are pretty wide open have potential quarterback changes so the AFC East every team there is either plus 130 or above and the AFC South same thing plus 130 or above let's start with the uh, AFC East Patriots being the favorite are they deserving of such is that because of Cam Newton I haven't necessarily notice if there was a line switch after or before or after cam but where's the value i guess is what i'm asking in the afc east and in the afc south with with rivers going to the colts because they're the favorites in that well, the division a- too the afc east is i mean it's personal to me i'm a lifelong dolphins fan so i've you know lived and slept in the afc east my entire life and until someone dethrones the New England Patriots, I will always believe the Patriots are going to go 16-0 and and win every single game, every single night, because that's what they do. Obviously, losing Tom Brady, um, I, I, I can answer the question about the, the line change. The Bills were actually the favorite after Brady left, um, and until Cam came, and it also depends on what book you use. The uh, Most books now have the Patriots as a little bit of a favorite, but some books still have the Bills pretty much even between the two of them, and for the most part, the Jets and Dolphins don't really have much of a chance. Um, just talent-wise, the other two teams are just better. And, and until someone knocks off the Patriots and a Bill Belichick team who now has a legit quarterback and he's not relying on Stidham, I would say that the Patriots should be the favorite. And you're probably getting pretty darn good odds considering they've been the odds-on favorite at insane numbers that you couldn't bet. You're now getting the New England Patriots at plus money when – Are you really scared of Josh Allen? I mean, how much are you scared of him? That being said, it'll shock nobody if the Bills win the division because there is no Tom Brady. But I think you are, and if you're the smart better, you would have taken the Patriots before they got Cam, knowing they were going to go at a quarterback. No one was under any illusions that Sidman was going to be their week one QB. So I would have taken the Patriots in the win division a few weeks ago when they were plus 160, plus 170 is where I think the value is. You probably missed it now. But there's no reason to bother with the Jets and Dolphins, and that'll be a tight race. I still think the Patriots pull it out. They're just the more talented team overall. And keep in mind, the one year Brady didn't play, they still went 11-5. and They lost in tiebreakers, allowed the Miami Dolphins to make a rare playoff appearance, but they still went 11-5 and that year with Matt Castle at quarterback. Good point. As for the other division, you mentioned uh, Phillip Rivers and the Colts. I actually really, really like the Colts this year. I already took their... Their, uh, their win total, I believe, was nine and a half. I took it over, and I took them to win the division. Uh, I think this is a year where the Colts have have been in contention, and they fil- you know they they filter around nine and seven, ten and six every year, and that's a division that's ripe to win. I've never thought the Houston Texans were that good. Obviously, the Titans showed up last year and made a deep run. It's a close division, but I think the Colts are the more talented team of all of them. And you throw a guy like Philip Rivers in there who can move the ball and throw for 400 yards in every single game. They got weapons in the backfield. They got weapons out wide. And they actually have a better defense than they had with Peyton. So I actually like the Colts to be a dark horse candidate this year. But when you're dealing with the Ravens and the Chiefs and Bill Belichick, you can't 
go too far with the Colts, but I have them winning the division, winning 11 or 12 games, and potentially making an AFC title game appearance. Any week one lines kind of jump out at you? I'd have to pull them up. Um, I know off the top of my head, I know that the Dolphins were about a seven-point dog to the Patriots, and Tom Brady and the Bucks were a five-and-a-half-point dog to the Saints. But I have to pull them all up to uh, to look at them. Um, if you have them, if you want to throw them out there, I'll tell you which ones jump out. Yeah, by the way, just uh, for citation purposes, these lines that I've thrown out are per five dimes. Uh, you know, one of okay. the more uh, p- popular books that uh, some of our listeners listen to. Um, in fact, I got a uh, bonus for one of our listeners for uh, referring me to Five Dimes, and they have a, a pretty nice platform. Um, I'm trying to pull up the uh, week one lines. But I, I pulled them up as, uh, as you were talking. I pulled up actually Five Dimes as well. Um, looking at them... I probably would like Seattle on the road at Atlanta, even though it's on the road, but you're getting a pick them there. Um, even though both teams are terrible, I like the Lions at home because I actually bet the under on the Bears. I don't think the Bears will be any good. You're not going to lay the hook with the Colts. Vikings. Well, let me, let, me interu- let me interrupt you for quick, for a quick second. I guess from your perspective, what is the utility in line shopping now? Is it mainly, would you say, because you, you work for a media company, the biggest in terms of sports, is it, if I'm looking at, what am I looking for in these lines? Am I looking for, hey, I think that some of the big storylines are going to be with this team and with this team and with this team, and those lines are going to be less favorable to me come early September. I better get in on it now. Is that kind of what you're looking for, or if you were instructing a newbie that wanted to make a wager right now, is that what you would instruct them to do? Yeah, taking, taking the current pandemic situation out of, the, out of it for a second, I'm always a big believer in hopping on things as early as possible. I'm a, I'm a Monday morning NFL guy. I feel like you know, I would tell a newbie that any given week, I would bet the Monday morning lines long before they're bet into find value between what the market is set at and where it's going to end. And, you know, if, if I was talking betting 101, I would say if you're, if you're an NFL better and you're betting Sunday, you're, you've lost because the, the value's gone. All of them have been bet into by the Sharps and the public and the Sunday lines. You're going to lose if you bet all 16 games on Sunday. So I hop on things on Monday and Tuesday and a couple of other games I'll wait to find out some information. As far as this early, I'm not betting anything now. You have no idea where these games are going to be played, if they're going to be played, who's going to play, who's going to. The last thing I want is to take, you know, the Bucks plus five and a half and Tom Brady test positive for the virus. Like, it, you lost. Like, you don't want to do that. So I'm not betting anything now. Um, but if you were taking the current situation aside, you should look for value in what you know and what isn't being bet into. If you think, hey, this is not, like, I've always laughed that lines are up in freaking May when the games start in September. You have no idea what's going to happen. But if you have watched or you follow a team and you, you think the camp's going well and, you know, Rivers is a quarterback that comes out to a hot start, then maybe it is worth it to jump on an early line. But it's very, very hard to bet on anything right now. Yeah, it's hard to put money down when uh, before you've watched at least two preseason games because history tells us a quarterback or two will unfortunately go down. Hey, out the door right. here, David. I know you got to run for our UFC listeners. UFC 251 coming up. 
it's going to be on your network on ESPN Plus. Usman and Masvidal. Any thoughts there or on the undercard with uh, Jan versus Aldo sure. or Volkan Vosky against Holloway 2, second rematch or whatnot? What are your thoughts? I'm, I'm a big fan of Masvidal in general. I was at 239 when he won in like four seconds, so I'm a big fan. Um, but Usman is, he, is tough. And the fact that, that Masvidal just took this fight and, and Usman has been preparing for a long time, I would lean the favorite. I would love for the dog to come out and, you know, maybe Usman was preparing for the wrong guy with Burns. And, and I'm a big fan of, of, of Masvidal, but I would probably, if I was going to, and I will be at some point, playing this fight, I would, I would look towards the total. It's, you can find it at one and a half and two, and I would sometimes two and a half. I would, I would bet this fight to go at least three rounds. So I'd play that in some parlays. As for the other fights, also a big Max Holloway fan, but he didn't fare as well in the last, you know, the last time he had Volkanovski. So I would probably lean towards the favorite in that one as well. But this one wouldn't surprise me if it went the distance. So if you can get Holloway in the distance and in some sort of parlay, or or take Alexander as a straight up winner in a decision, would be the two ways I would play that. Outstanding, man. Good stuff as always, David. We hope uh, that we uh, have these week one games to be able to forecast and talk about before we uh, put our money down. But uh, you gave some pretty good advice there on uh, some things to consider and think about. David, enjoy the family Thanks, this evening. David. I know you got to run. We'll take our second commercial and final timeout. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Really good show so far today. Two guests. Uh, we were able to talk about a lot of different topics. And so, Mike, I guess... You know, we've been talking big picture overall and asking you the same thing that we've talked about with both of them. Now, seeing what you've seen in the last couple of weeks, we have the NBA players who are 
you know, arrived in Orlando. We're seeing pictures of their food and their, uh, their, you know, their internet setups in their rooms and their gaming setups and everything. We're seeing baseball players back on the field. We're seeing in both leagues, a lot of names of players that are testing positive, whether they're deciding to come back and play, whether they're opting out. We have seen some pretty major names in both leagues now decide that they weren't going to play. What do you think of all this? Do we, do we have an opportunity to get these leagues up and running and finished? Do you think it's going to work? Yeah. Uh, and I, after I give you my answer, I want to hear yours, but I especially want to hear your take on the big Red Sox Dodgers trade with Price sitting out. So keep that in mind as, uh, as I rattle off mine. And mine will be quick because mine hasn't changed. For any of our listeners that listened a couple of weeks ago to us, I feel the exact same way. Nothing's really changed, which is the uh, starting from the absolute most likely. I still think it's the NFL. Uh, I agree with what David said. I think he's pretty on point. As I kind of emphasized, the NFL's resolute. That's the word that I'll keep using to talk about the NFL. They are headstrong about playing this season. It almost doesn't even matter what the players want or don't want. They'll try to meet some of their needs, but they are going to be playing football this fall at the professional tackle football level. Uh, I think baseball is definitely going to start. But hey, man, these guys play games every day. Right. That's the one thing to keep in mind. NFL, they play games once a week and you can kind of break up the practices into an A team and a B team and keep things kind of separated a little bit, which I think is what they're going to do. So a morning session for some guys, an afternoon session for other guys, you don't have to all be around each other necessarily until the actual game day. And even then they're wearing their helmets and they're going to try to be distanced apart. Baseball clubhouse, they play daily. I don't know, man. I think they're going to start, but I'm a little bit concerned about them finishing. The NBA, I don't know, man. Something just tells me that it ain't going to happen. I'm, I'm most yeah. You've been rubbed the wrong. You, you've had a weird. You've had a weird thing with the NBA, and I'm completely the opposite. Like I feel like the NBA. Um, I think football. It, it's hard because I when I talk about them right now, I think we can talk about football and baseball. Uh, we can talk about baseball and basketball. I think football's in a different situation because. They're still they still got time. I, I, I mean, like years, but they've got an extra six weeks than than these two sports that we're talking about right Which now. Which is enough time, by the way, that I could change my mind and say, yeah, oh, no, this and you're absolutely worse. And, and, and so they I think in that sense, they might be able to see some of the things that work, some of the things that don't work, maybe bring they're not going to be able to go into a bubble like the NBA is, but they might be able to get some ideas from both from both leagues and see okay that that was not a good idea that didn't work or we have to make sure we we clean that up or we do this a different way um the nba is is it's still going to be we've seen now bradley beal who was on a team that didn't really even make sense that they were be there victor oladipo was kind of a big one he's had a lot of injuries and he decided that he's going to be sitting out now it's still going to come down to i think these big players in the NBA, are we going to get a, a Kawhi or LeBron or are we going to get a Giannis or a James Harden or someone like that who's saying, I'm not playing? I think if that happens, then it, then we could get a lot of triggering because we're also hearing rumblings of, you know, I heard Chris Bryant, Mike Trout, some major players in baseball are having their concerns now. Uh, just as a Dodger fan, for example, you know, he's not even necessarily an everyday starter, but Kiki Hernandez, his wife is pregnant. I believe Jock Peterson is going through something similar. Either just had a kid or is going to soon. 
how is that going to affect some of them? You mentioned David Price. And I mean, kind of big picture with David Price talking about the trade too. What's, what's, it's, I don't have any issues with any players in any sport sitting out. And I say this obviously because I say this as someone who is a cancer survivor. And I honestly, I myself wouldn't be able to go. You're looking at the human side of things. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, I personally wouldn't be able to do that where I am in my life right now. I just had a kid. If I had to go live in a bubble or if I had to go play baseball where I was going to be traveling all around, I'm, I'm nervous because I'm the type of person who could catch a, this virus a little easier than anybody else. And, and yeah, it doesn't kill everybody. And, and it's not quite whatever, however you stand on it, I would be one of the people that would be more likely to get seriously impacted by it. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't make that decision. So I don't, I don't have a problem with anybody deciding to sit out whatsoever. And I think it's funny because David Price, who, you know, we we had the trade with the Red Sox and the Dodgers back and forth. And Price was kind of a a big piece of that trade, obviously. He's actually already been someone that has made a major impact on the Dodgers without ever playing a game. He's what he's done with with paying a lot of the Dodgers minor league baseball players for a team and an organization that he never even played a game for. He kind of showed and 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 I guess earned some Dodger blue stripes before ever even playing a game. So it's funny as normally we're as fans we're bitter, right? I think there's some people that'd be like, "Oh man, we traded a little extra probably to get Price back and now Price isn't." Even. I don't think there's going to be any of that kind of a sense from Dodger fans because he's already done a really cool thing for the Dodgers never having even played a game. So as a fan, am I bummed out that we we won't get to see him in a situation where I thought he'd be pretty successful with with maybe not a whole lot of pressure? Sure, but I'm actually I applaud him doing what he feels like he needed to do. And I know that the guy is a legitimate guy that, that cares and is a, is a, a critical and a smart guy and a big thinker because what he's already done, we've seen some of the gestures he's, he's made for this Dodger organization. So, um, so he's going to have an impact for years to come. Yep. yep Cause there's going to be a lot of guys that love him already. They've sure. already been saying the young guys that, that don't even know him. I love this guy. He gave me money. He helped me and my family get through some of this tough time. So that that's kind of cool. Just, I'd love, I'd love to see him out on the field, but you know what? I'm not going to criticize anyone for doing what they think they need to do for their family right now. Which, by the way, in my opinion, and I don't have access to the books for the owners in that in Major League Baseball, they don't disclose their profit and loss statements, et cetera. But I really feel strongly that they should have taken care of everybody. I, I do too. This whole year. Too. So I to me, too. I think that's hogwash. Um, I'm surprised that there isn't more pushback from a national perspective, a media like perspective. No, I completely Yeah, agree. absolutely. I mean, this is kind of crazy. You know, some teams did it through May, some through June. Uh, but I think there's probably like half the teams that kind of jumped ship pretty early on. And to me, that's kind of BS. How do you not invest in your future? But, you know, uh, back to the trade for a quick second, Gino. I just, uh, when I look at it objectively, you know, forget being a Red Sox fan or a Dodger fan, you know, it'll be interesting to see the way that this all plays out, right? If the if the Dodgers were as high on Verdugo as they said that they were, and I've every re- reason to believe that they were, and in 2020 you don't get an inning out of David Price, you get maximum if he plays every game, doesn't get hurt, et cetera, 60 games out of Mookie Betts, and Mookie walks. How would you evaluate that trade? Does it make the, it a the must problem is, sign? There's a lot. There's a lot Does of variables it, there. Do you right? mind, is it now a must sign for 2021, or else it, it just doesn't justify it at all? I mean, I think there's a lot of variables there because this, for, for the Dodgers, 
you got to understand where they're coming from. They're not dealing with this like a normal other franchise. They've got an insane amount of depth that they've been building for the last decade. So they were in a situation where you can honestly take an opportunity at a guy like Mookie, and it feels like it's a free roll. It feels like you obviously want the guy to stay. You want him to be part of your future moving forward, but you get him for a season. It's still a season, only 60 games, yeah. But if the Dodgers win a t- if a, if they win a world title, damn, it's all worth it. Even if it's in a shortened season, absolutely, 100%. Because the thing, too, I like Verdugo quite a bit. And he, Verdugo's already been, what's nice is he's not only a prospect, because he's, he's someone who's actually been a, a competitive contributor at the major league level already can play multiple positions in the outfield he's good he just wasn't their number one guy they, they have younger guys set up down the pipeline that they're a little bit higher on so that doesn't mean that Verdugo he could be better than any any of them I just think they have for for the Dodgers it still feels like a win-win because they don't think they gave up a whole ton and, and so for them it I think at the end of the year you look and if Mookie walks and if everything worked out in the worst possible way for the Dodgers, I would still, as a fan, be happy that they took a shot. Because that's been one of the things that people have complained about the Dodgers over the last five, ten years, is that they've had this good group, but they haven't made a trade to go get a Verlander, you know, even though they went and got Darvish, who looked better at the time than Verlander. <laughs> you know, people forget that. Um, Verlander wasn't coming off of, like, the, the the best couple of years that he's had. He was sure. rejuvenated there, you know. They made, they've made, they went and got Manny. When they needed to, you know, both Mannies, first Manny and then another Manny, you know, this is a team that's tried. They just, it it doesn't always work. If it did, if you could buy it, if you could put it all together and just boom, it went, it got together. The Dodgers would have, but as a fan, I'm happy they tried. I think you go take a shot. The unforeseen circumstances with David Price sitting out, that's a variable that you couldn't have ever accounted for with this world and this pandemic. So, Hey man. We're a few weeks away, Mike. It just feels crazy. I know we only got about a minute or left, so it feels crazy that we're going to be actually, hopefully, fingers crossed, starting to talk about analyzing, breakdown, previewing stuff, because um, we're going to have some basketball. Two weeks, and, yeah. yeah, two weeks from today. My mom was watching Dodger Giants Squad scrimmages on Facebook Live last night. Yeah, <laughs> they were broadcasting. Today, Giants Dodgers. So it's literally two Thursdays from now. Right at this time, at 4.56 p.m. Pacific time, you and I are going to be talking about whoever's on the hill for each of the ball clubs, day one, opening day starters. That's music to my ears, Gino. It's exciting time, and hopefully, like we said, we talked about it with David a few weeks ago, we could get that that September that we're hoping for, that we're keeping our fingers crossed, where everything goes well. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be... You know, starting to I'm, I'm I'm doing a big basketball preview coming up soon on that's what she said. So I'm I'm breaking it down, man. I'm I'm hoping that everything back in full swing. God willing, man. Well, big big thank you to the man Jason Whitlock and to David Behrman. Great guests, great show, Gino. Thank you to all the listeners. As always, have a tremendous and safe weekend, everyone. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.